Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. And this is the Argonauts Podcast. Normally, every two weeks, I fail to solve an ARG, and Marn tells me what I should have done instead. But this week, uh, it's our third anniversary, for real this time. So we're doing something a little different. Yeah, we are doing a mailbag episode. And also something else special. <laughs> okay, we're going to keep it a surprise till later in the episode. I guess. <laughs> okay, but also, if you've seen the title of this episode, you know what's happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, welcome, Marn. How's year three treating you? Pretty, pretty good. Um, it was 18 degrees today in Maryland, and it's going to be 60 degrees tomorrow. Oh, Jesus. It is 22 right now in Michigan. Um, the biggest... So I got a new mic this year. That's like the hot new tech of the Argonauts 2022 season. Um, but I, I, I got a new microphone that uh, cuts out the sound around it a lot better than my old microphone does, which uh-huh. means I can have the heat going while I record. Oh, you're so lucky. It is. It is the truly I'm living on in. I'm on cloud <laughs> nine. Uh, I, I'm up in heaven with a little halo with a tiny liar. Um, I'm doing great. Good. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the biggest innovation in podcasting since the invention of the microphone. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's cold here, but I'm excited to be three years into doing this show. It feels weird to be three years in for some reason. Yeah, that's crazy. I like saw you tweet that. I was like, it surely it hasn't been three years, but uh, the passage of time. Well, I I'm I'm an idiot, and I uh, I said last year that this is our third anniversary, and what I got into my head was that we. The podcast was starting its third year, not ending its third year. Like, we we were going into year three. And so Mm. I thought, third anniversary. But that's not how it works. You don't say a baby's three (laughs) years old when it starts its third year. That You're right. (laughs) I had to think about that for a second. (laughs) But you're right. (laughs) Like, that's where where I got tripped up. Because I was like, yeah, the baby's three years old. It's starting its third year. We're in three years. And that's not math. That's not uh, basic living or um, the human conception of time um, or really anything with how we do calendars. So I don't know what I fucked up there, but that was it. <laughs> uh, but we're actually three years in now and it feels good. Yeah, I feel like it does. <laughs> I feel like I have come out on the other side of Argmageddon where I now feel like a seasoned veteran. I know that there was a lot of times going into ARGs before where I was just like, I don't know anything about this. So we'd talk about an ARG and someone would ask a question and I'd be like, I don't know. I've heard of three ARGs. Um, But now I'm just like, yep, that's how we did it back in my day. (laughs) Never actually played in the ARGs, but like, I'm just like, yeah, that was a time. Let me show you my scars. Like that scene from Jaws. Oh my God. Yeah. uh, We've talked about this off the air, but like fairly recently, uh, friend of the show, Michael Anderson, was like, yeah, Martin and Andrew, like, introducing us to someone else, like, they they do, like, a, a leading ARG podcast in the field, and we were like, oh, shit, that's true. They, yeah, I think this the specific words that were used by Mike, hi, Mike, if you're listening, uh, were the biggest 
podcast in our space or something like that. And I was like, wow, Mike's really talking us up. And then I thought about it for a second and was like, no, we just are that. Oh, God, we are that. We um, are that. We are that. That's us. <laughs> that me. That guy just like me. I'm pointing at the TV. That me. Um, so it's it's weird, but I've enjoyed doing the show. Yeah, no, it, like for sure. And like, I have noticed as we do more episodes and like, as we gain more of an audience and we get slightly better at doing this as I mm-hmm. feel that we have done over the past three years. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have gotten better and worse and better at being a co-host on this show. I, w- I will say that I feel like I have dipped. <laughs> I can see my own quality going up and down as the show continues to get better. Um, <laughs> so I feel like any growth is all on you, Marn. Good job. <laughs> well, the fr- the problem is that you are now cursed with knowledge. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like we've covered so many arcs that you can't go into the blind anymore. <laughs> yeah, that. Is, is Sorry, I realized I cut you off something earlier. You were about to say something that you've noticed. Is that what it is, that I've been cursed with the fruit of knowledge? No, I have noticed that you are now the bearer of the curse now, like, just separately. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Yeah, um, it, it, it kind of hit me. Uh, we were talking about um, Christor, and you were like, I want to talk about Zorch. Zorch is so funny. And this kind of gets into some questions that we got along the way. Um, <laughs> but but we were listening and I was just like, this is the same kind of funny as every other Argmar. <laughs> I felt like I felt like uh, Hannibal Burris in that meme where he's got like the four different bags of pretzels in front of him. And it just says all pretzels is the same. Do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? No, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I kinda, yeah. I kind of, I've, I've been cursed. I've <laughs> seen beyond the veil. I've, I've, I uh-huh. see the matrix now. I see all the lines of code that goes into an ARG, and I'm just like, all args is the same. Uh, <laughs> but it's hard to take me by surprise these days. Yeah, exactly. You're the, you're now the bearer of the curse. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get me with like. Uh, turns out there was Hitler's body the whole time. <laughs> Uh, those those just kind of blindside me. I am glad that you didn't already know about that. I, <laughs> I sure that didn't. Was, I thought that like there is a chance that you had gone on like the the subreddit or something and seen something about it. No, in all my time, I never got in all in all of my my writing about inscription, my uh, gushing about inscription to my friends. Nobody ever pulled me aside and said, "You know that Hitler <laughs> is in this game, right?" No one no one ever pulled me aside and hit me with that. But, like, secretly. <laughs> yeah, it's a secret Hitler. Like, that game. Yeah. Um, no, the, the thing I was going to say uh, is that I, I fairly recently have noticed that I now feel comfortable holding my own in conversations with, like, other people who do ARG, like, deep dives and analysis and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... Uh... I feel the opposite way, weirdly enough, because I feel like uh, I have been doing this long enough that I have forgotten a lot about different ARGs. And Mm. I think that, like, there are a lot of people that know one or two ARGs that are the ARGs that are near and dear to them. 
And so someone could say something to me like, oh, the beast. And I'd be like, yeah, I know the beast. We did episodes about that. And then they would say something specific about the beast. And my brain would turn to static because I've covered like 80,000 args at this point. So I wouldn't remember anything about anything they're saying. Does that make sense? No, no, I'm with you. Like, to be fair, I do not remember a lot about the beast, but like, I feel like I've hit a point where I feel comfortable, like, talking about args as a medium with, Mm -hmm. like, other people who do that for a living. And it's not just like, oh, haha, we're a small podcast. We have, like, 15 episodes and not that many listeners. (laughs) Right. Uh huh. I I will say, I do want to pull up, um, I was looking at stats for just basically for my podcast in general the other day because mm-hmm. uh, the podcast mine's just hit 20,000 listens and then I thought oh, where's that yeah well and then I thought where's Argonauts at uh, oh, God. we're like 3,000 listeners away from 100k oh holy shit yeah so <laughs> that's 100k total listens which I was uh, very surprised by because I still think of this show as like a little thing yeah, that yeah, we yeah, do yeah, yeah. every two weeks. Um, so it's yeah, but, but no, it's been it's been really cool and really fun and really nice. And we've met so many cool people through this that uh, post in the Discord every day and talk with us on Twitter about args. And I often feel like I don't know how to contribute to conversations about, especially about like recent stuff. I feel like I have to stay away from them. Is the weird thing. <laughs> that doing this show has done to me is that I feel like I can't look at ARGs um, because in six months, Martin's going to tell me about it. And I have to, I, I can't know about Hitler's corpse. I have to go in fresh. <laughs> well, that is true. I <laughs> So that's, that's the weird disconnect for me where it's like, I'm the most connected to ARGs I've ever been in my life. I'm not allowed to look at them. It's funny because I kind of feel similarly because I'll like see that a thing is going on and then just be like, Oh, well, we can't cover it till it ends, so, like, I'll just bookmark the document now, and I'll, like, check back on it in six months to see where they're at. <laughs> I, I'm surprised you haven't done anything with the Riddler stuff. Is it just being bitter that they never returned our calls, or is it just <laughs> this been, feeling? I've been, I've been doing the Riddler stuff. It's just updating really slow. Like, they've oh, okay. only updated it twice, or actually three times as of, like, last week or whatever. Oh, um, really? Yeah, and it's literally just like you go on the website, you solve three riddles, you get like a screen cap of the movie. Fun. I uh, they they really honed in that Riddler character, really bringing it to life. Warner Brothers, well, good all job. Right. The, the part that I do like is that the website makes fun of you if you uh, if you um, tab over to like Google the answer to the riddle. <laughs> like it has a it has like a script that can tell if you exit the tab or like you aren't looking at the tab and when you come back it'll make fun of you that's funny <laughs> it's really good nice um oh i was about to say something what was i about to say oh yeah we just had the super bowl that aired and i really thought we were gonna get like maybe something arg worthy and then the closest we came was a qr code on screen that pointed me to a crypto website so i was like well fuck this everyone's too busy looking at web3 to put together silly little html pages with riddles on them yeah i um am in like a like a group dm with some other like arg people and 
uh, one of them popped in there and was like, we're going to get, like, we're totally going to get, like, a Cloverfield 2 thing tonight. Like, they started filming it last year. Like, I bet they're going to drop, like, a, a secret Cloverfield thing. And I was like, oh, fuck, that is completely plausible. And <laughs> if it happens, I'm going to be so mad. But it didn't happen. Yeah, um, I, yeah, nothing. I don't know if you saw the thing that I linked in the Argonauts Discord earlier, but, um someone and i won't say who because it kind of i i feel that it ruins the surprise a little bit uh posted a um hoax video to r slash arg i was like hey did anybody else see like this weird ad uh that like played locally on some stations during the super bowl and it's like a very plausible uh like cloverfield style video teaser and it would have suckered me if I hadn't read the other night that Clo- that uh, the Cloverfield sequel isn't going to be found footage. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not going to be found footage. No, it's not. J.J. Abrams like said in an interview recently, or like a couple years ago, that it's not going to be found footage. Oh, it's just going to be one of those uh, one of those sequels that borrows from the DNA but doesn't actually be the same. I don't know why I'm surprised that a Cloverfield sequel is going to be different from Cloverfield. They did it twice already. One was in a fucking yeah. spaceship, so. <laughs> well, I think, like, Matt Reeves, like, originally was like, yeah, I want to do a bunch of sequels that are all found footage and they all take place at the same time as, like, the original Cloverfield. And that was, like, the original concept. And I guess they're not doing that anymore. I do kind of want, if, if, I guess... If you're doing that, you've got kind of two ways to go. You can either have them all be different people in New York on the same night, or they can be all people in different places where the same thing is happening. And I think you get diminishing returns on both ways, because if it's all just New York, it's like, well, I know how this one's going to go. Like, I know the rough timeline of what happened in New York. But also, if you're just like, oh, it turns out that there's also a monster in L.A. and Seattle and Chicago and milwaukee like eventually you start running out of like weird that a random monster happened to show up these four times (laughs) yeah i don't know i don't envy the people that have to make sequels to cloverfield but it should be me we should make a better one i agree let us make the next cloverfield movie hashtag (laughs) hashtag the argonauts make cloverfield let's get it trending people get get on it absolutely no reason why we shouldn't do it (laughs) yeah ruin my life come on hit me (laughs) oh did you click did here's the real test of how dumb are you did you scan the qr code at the super bowl because i did because i'm an idiot I did not because I barely watched the Super Bowl. I like my my parents invited me and Alyssa over um, for dinner, and then me and Alyssa, and my mom, sat in one room and played Scrabble while my dad watched the Super Bowl in the next room over. <laughs> I was I was sitting there with uh, Sam and uh, friend of the show, uh, not friend, uh, network member. That feels weirdly clinical. Uh, network member and friend Chris Hutton from uh, Nervous Rex. Um, and the thing popped up on screen, and I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. Uh, I think I said that out loud and then picked up my phone to take a picture of it. And I said, it might be an ARG. And then it was a, a Coinbase. I was like, oh, well, my, my time to throw away this phone. Yeah. So <laughs> I did I did hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my experience. Uh, oh, well. 
What do you say we get into some questions about the show now that we're 20 minutes into this recording? Yeah, let's let's do it. Oh, yeah. Let's look at some specific questions. Uh, we've had a couple that came in um, here. You know what? I'll kick us off with this one. This one comes in from Digital Roadmap. Uh, it's a very sweet question. It's just, how you two doing? Like, in general. I feel like with the last few years, it's worth asking. Martin, how you doing? I'm I'm doing. Um, I had my first actual well Alyssa and I had our first actual like wedding planner meeting last week so that's what's happening in my life hell yeah how's how's that going it's going mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean you know <laughs> I, I don't like to flaunt this but if you need any help I've done it five times so feel free to hit me up if you if there's anything I can help with because I've planned <laughs> a lot of a wedding five times we, I mean, we've had to go, so we rescheduled like officially like three times, but we had a lot of behind the scenes figuring out what we were doing. And some of those reschedules were like, do we just wait a full fucking year because of COVID? So we kind of just like said, we're going to kick the can and never officially said when the can was kicked to, but we had some like unofficial dates in mind that COVID was not cured by. So we, we planned our wedding a good five times. It feels oh, like boy. I might be I'm, I might be over exaggerating, but it felt like we by the time we had our wedding, I was a little sick of our wedding, if that makes sense. No, I I completely understand. <laughs> We're kind of at the point where it's like uh, our like the the person who is working with us to like help us get caterers and, and stuff and like and plan stuff was like we're we're kind of at the point where people are like what food do you want at your wedding like what food do you like uh-huh. and like i forget every food i've ever eaten and enjoyed in my entire life yeah we it's weird when they start like asking specifics and i'm i'm just like an agreeable person and i am not a picky eater at all i'll eat anything that's in front of me so so much of my life is me saying oh i don't care you pick um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the problem is that it's my wedding and so I can't just say you pick to a wedding planner. I have yep. to pick now. Uh, it's very weird because people are like, what kind of linens do you want? And I'm just like, I don't give a shit. And they're like, yeah. I need you to give a shit. And I'm just like, <laughs> I guess these napkins then. It's a weird experience for someone like me that like is bad at forcing my will onto other people. Uh, it's tough for me to pick a napkin. Uh huh. We're also getting to the the point where we have to like find clothes for ourselves at the wedding party, and uh-huh. um, I have not shared this on this podcast, but physically going clothes shopping in person is one of my least favorite activities on this entire planet. Oh, same, 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 same. <laughs> and I've managed to circumvent this for most of my adult life because my secret superpower is that I can eyeball something and know if it will fit me, but I can't mm-hmm. do that for wedding dresses. <laughs> That's fair. Like yeah. my 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 uh, my superpower is that I can literally buy something online without looking at the measurements and it will fit me when it shows up in the package. That's wild. I wish I had that. <laughs> my my problem I, my problem I wear a 3XL which um, is outside of the realm of what normal clothes mm-hmm. manufacturers do, which means that either things aren't in my size or they'll say it's 3XL, but that could be anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It either means that it wears like a burlap sack or it's like super tight and they just like drew on a second or a third X on the 2XL. 
And no one wants like a skin tight 3XL, you know? Like that's yep. not that's not the look. <laughs> Alyssa hates me because I buy all of my shoes online. Like I don't go into shoe stores to try on shoes <laughs> because I know my Jesus shoe size and I am like Christ, Mark. I am a perfect that shoe size. Alyssa and I are the same shoe size, but she has to try on shoes because she has like weird arches and I just buy all my shoes online. I'm I'm with Alyssa in the fucked up arches camp. I have to, I have to go into the real world to buy myself clothing and I hate every moment of it. I don't think I've like walked into a store and physically tried on shoes in like over five years, maybe. <laughs> Jesus. I will say that the traditional men's experience of the wedding part was uh, very easy because suit shopping is just like, let me measure you. And uh-huh. then there we've got a tiny Italian man in the back who will make a suit that will fit you. It's a suit. We can make it to fit anyone. Um, so that part was like super easy for me. But I know Sam went through. So, yeah, fun deep lore about Andrew. Sam ended up getting a second wedding dress because she like got the first one and then like realized she absolutely hated it. And then she like went back for a different one. She'd tried on that day, but felt like she'd gotten like pressured out of getting by the folks that were there with her. Uh, And so she got the second wedding dress, which was like, (laughs) as the guy that married her slam dunk, hundred percent perfect. My wife, like exactly what (laughs) looks perfect on her. So I've still not seen this first mysterious wedding dress, but I can't imagine (laughs) it looked anywhere near as good. So I'm glad she did. Yeah, no, I remember her dress. It was gorgeous. I'll let her know. Our our other problem was that, like, our... Sorry, this is turning into a, a wedding podcast suddenly. <laughs> um. I've, I've, I've been thinking that as we shift into the second part of the episode, I'm probably going to put a time code on the episode that's just like, if you want the content that you are here for, here you go. In our defense, you guys did ask us how we're doing. <laughs> I thought I'd escaped talking about planning my wedding, but here you are uh-huh. dragging me back in. The other problem is that we have to coax our wedding party into also going shopping, and uh, some of them don't live locally. Mm-hmm. So I lucked out uh, Sean, uh, one of my best men, Um he had a weird thing where, like, out of college, he got a job at a company doing sales, and management took a liking to him. So they, like, were like, we want to executive track you. So they, like, started putting him into, like, training to be an executive person to the point that, like, they had someone from the company, like, come over to his apartment and look through his closet and be like, here's what we're going to do, and here's how we shop for you, and here's how we do all this. And so, like, my my buddy's weirdly knowledgeable about suits. He has since quit this job and just, like, works as a writer now trying to finish and sell a novel. But, like, so, but at the time, he was like, yeah, I know suits. I know how to buy a suit, like... My company made me learn all of this so I can do this for you all for how to do this. So, like, I basically turned to him and said, Sean, I need you to pick out what we're all wearing at our wedding. And he would ask me questions and I'd be like, I don't know. Do we want a pocket square? And he would like, it's up to you. And I was like, do I want a pocket square? Um, And so, like, (laughs) that just became the like, that was how I dressed myself for my wedding was just like looking at Sean and being like, please tell me what to do here. God. 
I wish I had friends who were weirdly knowledgeable about suits. <laughs> it was, it was, it was really nice. I did not know that my my friend had this uh this deep well of suit knowledge, but it truly came in handy. That rules. <laughs> I was gonna say oh. they sent in a second question, which is how's the married lives, uh, which I assume is because you've called Alyssa your wife since I've known you, which has been about five to six years at this point. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 often joke about the fact that we literally skipped fiance and went straight to wife. You I, I I know I told you this one day before we recorded, but I don't think I've ever said it like into a microphone, so now the audience gets it too. Um but there was one day that you said something about my fiance, and I did legitimately think like, oh no, did something happen with Alyssa? <laughs> Like, in a, like, is there marital trouble here? Why has Martin downgraded Alyssa to fiancé? And then I had to remember really and be like, funny. no, they're, like, actually officially fiancés now to get married. It's not a... <laughs> but I was just like, uh-oh. That'd be like if I started calling Sam my girlfriend again. Like, that would be weird. <laughs> no, I, I sometimes mix it up now because I call her my fiancé at work. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Because um, I don't want my coworkers to think that I like got married in secret. (laughs) (laughs) I have a friend that got secretly married and managing that feel sounds like the worst experience I could go through because she cares about keeping it a secret, but her husband doesn't. And so he'll say (laughs) something about like, Hey, is my wife here? And like her coworkers like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh my God. So I, I'm going to bleep out their name. I realize I just said that out loud and I want to keep their secret marriage a secret. So we're going to do that. Um, (laughs) But no, married life is great. Best part about living married life is I don't have to plan a wedding anymore. It's weird how that happens. I believe that wholeheartedly. (laughs) Sam and I have become full-time streamers because we don't have a wedding to plan anymore. Twitch.tv slash AC Sherman. Check us out. We do Pokemon. (laughs) I'm so glad that after we get married, Alyssa and I will become full-time podcasters. (laughs) (laughs) Alyssa's definitely sitting in the next room being like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's amazing how much time you get back and how much, uh, a little bit after the wedding, once we'd finally like sent off all the thank you cards and stuff like that, we were just like, oh, we're officially done getting married. Thank God. Never want to do that again. I 100% believe you. Sam and I, we used to joke like that we're not allowed to break up because we started dating back before like dating apps and stuff were invented. So neither of us knows how to date in the year of our Lord 2022, not to mention the pandemic and all that. But just like trying to meet someone and date them today sounds daunting and insurmountable. So I'm glad I don't have to do it. Um and now we're like, well, we definitely can't get divorced because I'm not planning another wedding for myself. So you're with me, buddy. <laughs> I also 100% believe that. It's, yeah. At this oh. point, at this point, we've settled. So, you know, we're just like, look, this is what we're getting. So <laughs> it's a good thing we like each other. <laughs> Alyssa's also said that I'm allowed to plan an ARG for our wedding. Oh, <laughs> hell she yeah. She will have no part in it. She wants no part in it. 
<laughs> yeah. She was like, if you want to do it at our wedding, you can, but I'm not helping you plan it. <laughs> I I think about doing an event arg for things like Extra Life or uh, streams that we do, like... But the problem is I think of it like three days before the event goes. And then I'm just like, no, I'm not. I'm already stressed enough dealing with getting webcams figured out. I'm not planning an ARG on top of everything else for Extra Life. I'm kind of rotating it in my mind because a lot of the people on my side of the wedding are people who I did Humans vs. Zombies with. And I, they have already offered to assist with it. Hell yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's rotating in there. I've got the classic, uh, the ARGS dilemma right now, which is I will throw a bone to my good friend and say, if you need help planning the ARG, I'm more than happy to help out. That being said, playing it sounds fun. So if you don't yep. have to use me, I'd love to not be included. Yeah, I've got I've got <laughs> the ARGS dilemma where like every day I'm like, oh, I want to plan an ARG, but I don't have a great concept yet. Like two of my... My two friends who I did HVZ with, um, Blake and Sam, uh, were here one night like a month ago, and we literally banged out an entire like concept for like a faction based like asymmetrical arg that we could run. Hell yeah! <laughs> and we haven't touched it since, but I have it like sitting on a notepad in our house, like handwritten, and I look at it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have two ideas in my head. Uh, I've got one. I'm going to read you directly from what I sent to uh, our, our friend Riley because I wanted to let someone know that I was working on a thing. I'm the person. I need to tell someone that I'm doing a thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep. Uh, so I sent them a message. It just says I'm working on an arg that's inspired by Encanto and Olive Garden. It's a puzzle oh, hunt shit. where the first person that answers each puzzle joins the family and gets a gift card to Olive Garden. That's so funny. I love that. Um, I thought about running a vampire-based uh, arg for Halloween that kind of spun out into this faction-based arg that uh, that Blake and, and Sam and I started planning because we were like, well, like the most fun part of Humans vs. Zombies was like the faction game stuff, and how do we like? take what was fun about that and make it completely like no contact ARG digital stuff. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then once we got to like the end of that brainstorm session, we were like, oh fuck, we're writing a Team Fortress 2 arc. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so boy. we might write a Team Fortress 2 arc <laughs> that remains to be seen. <laughs> Well, y'all keep an eye out for the Argonauts official uh, Team Fortress 2 ARG. <laughs> and uh, I'll let y'all know when KCK Nea Famiglia, uh, when that officially <laughs> drops. Listen, it's not like Valve is going to stop us. We'll just ca- we'll call it uh, Team Fortress 3 and they will they won't know what to do with themselves. <laughs> oh, God. Now that we're 40 minutes in, what do you say we get to a second question? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Um, let me go, let me actually take a second to, okay, I'm going to ask a couple that are just like about, um, the show itself. So, uh, which episode, this one comes in from Quinn, 
uh, that says, which episodes do you most enjoy recording? Do you like the lengthy multi-part series like Everyman Hybrid, one to two parters like The Gift, or little one-offs like Pizza Time Pizza or Mediarganalysis? They wrote, I just now realizing that they wrote Mediarganalysis, which is a great <laughs> pluralization of Mediarganalysis. So thank you for that. It's really good. I was like, um, Mediarganalysis? And I was like, oh, no, they mean... So what do you prefer? Ooh. Um, I personally like the one to two parters because they they tend to have a little bit more meat to dig into than like the one offs, um, but they're not like tediously long. Yeah, I don't like being on episode three of five when yeah. it's like <laughs> things keep happening, but they don't stop happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the only, like, really long one that we've did that I, like, wholeheartedly looked forward to every week was The Beast. Yeah? Because that was just, like, reading a very long, like, story. See, The Beast... And I was like, and I was like, yeah, I'm excited to, like, see what these guys are up to. See, The Beast, to me, was uh, kind of in that same camp of things are getting a bit long, and now we're just getting, like, things just continue, but they don't uh necessarily wrap up um i know that that one was a little tough for me just because it was long and very dense um i like i kind of like the longer ones in hindsight when it's something like everyman hybrid or lonely girl 15 Mm -hmm. where we are doing like media analysis in addition to just talking about an art because then i feel like i'm a little more engaged with what's happening um but I also like, with the caveat that I didn't really like Lonely Girl as I was watching it, and I only like Everyman Hybrid kind of in hindsight, in the rear view. I'm not going back and rewatching it, but nowadays I look back and go, I love those boys. Um, but I will say, those also take a lot more work, especially for me, because uh, normally I have to do like no work. Um, Andrew tries to solve an ARG is typically a lie <laughs> just because they don't exist anymore. Uh, that was more high hopes when we started this podcast. Um <laughs> But so with Everyman Hybrid, it was like, oh, I got to find a way to watch like, you know, five hours of web content that I didn't expect that I don't normally have to factor into my life. Um, But I like those more than I like just to be incredibly reductive. It's time for week three of five of Marn reads a list to Andrew. Um, (laughs) I, I find it a little difficult to like really dig my teeth into those. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I know that we try to be like sparing about doing web series because it like we have to then find the time to watch like five hours of content a week. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I do like those. And, and I mean, I think it's it sounds dumb to say it out loud, but turns out episodes get better when I'm engaged with the content that we're talking about beforehand. So, you know, that's where (laughs) I get to be more engaged when I know what I'm talking about, uh, which makes things a little easier there. But it is a lot of work to go into it. Um, So, yeah, I personally, I prefer a one. I like a good one off, even if it's like even if it's like a four hour one off. I kind of prefer that to a two parter sometimes, partially because it's hard. It can be hard for us to find a place to cut. Um, And so a lot of the times I kind of feel like. We're just kind of cutting it like, and that's where May ended. We'll get into June next time, even though it's not really a plot cutoff. Um, I, I like I like having those self-contained stories. And part of it is also just that like when you have a self-contained story, 
it's just kind of quick in and out. It hits things a little harder and a little better, I typically find. There's no room to meander. Yeah, I've said it before and I'll say it again. More short args. <laughs> Not from me, though. That's the thing. I, I want there to be more short args, but I, I would never run it. I want to I run it for months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who would ever run a short arg? Yeah, why would you? God. Um, <laughs> uh, is there another... I will say it is really funny uh, how the Everyman hybrid episodes are like our most popular episodes, I think, because because while, because while we were recording them, I was like, oh, I feel so bad that like I'm making Andrew suffer through this like really long web series that like he clearly doesn't enjoy as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> when we were making it, I was like, I can't believe I'm letting Marn do this to me. <laughs> I I will say so. I'm looking now at our episode list. Um, it seems like our most popular episodes, and you kind of have to account for like how long they've been live, because like, because mm-hmm. uh, like right now, this is my Milwaukee is our most listened to episode. Um, actually, no, I take that back. Our absolutely most listened to is Ben Drowned, uh, with two thousand seven hundred listens, which is that makes sense more than any other episode by a good thousand. Um, this is, well, this is my Milwaukee is also above 2k. That's also our first episode. So I feel like there's a bit of a, yeah, you know, just a bit there that's like, um, and then, you know, we get some higher numbers, but like, we've had some big pulls lately. I will say Everyman hybrid. Yeah. This is probably our most, wow. You're right. This is our most popular part one. We got 1800 listens part four. We're at 1500. Most of our like one parters or part ones don't hit fifteen hundred. So yeah, Everyman Hybrid, weirdly enough, has been our most listened to coverage. That's wild to me. I was gonna say I I, I had a feeling that it was because uh, I know a bunch of people, like a bunch of my friends, have listened to it more than once. And whenever people are like, "Oh, I like your show," they're like, "Yeah, I really like the Everyman Hybrid episodes." Huh? Maybe <laughs> we should do web content more often. Um. I, I would have thought it would have been something like, uh, I mean, Ben Drowned, obviously, but something like Catastrophe Crow also has a weird number of lists. Like, for a more recent one, it has a lot more listens than the ones around it. Um, it's that YouTube horror, man. Yeah, we got to get into YouTube. Uh, check People... out next week. We're going to talk about the back rooms. <laughs> People love YouTube horror. Oh, somebody actually asked us uh, what our favorite non Arg online horror media is. Yeah, it was Ellis Benjamin Ripley wrote that in. A couple dinosaurs around their name. Marn, what's your favorite non-arg online horror media? I have a lot, but recently, um, I'm gonna use this as a chance to talk about something that I watched super recently that I haven't recommended on the podcast yet. Uh I I have talked about it on Twitter though, I think. Uh recently, so like last week, I watched all of the Monument Mythos series on YouTube. And it's really good, and it understands that the concept that it's getting across is goofy, and I think that's why it works. Is this the thing that you were tweeting about the other day, where the presidents get to shove someone in the Lincoln Memorial? Yes. Is that a, of- is that a spoiler? <laughs> no, that's like one of the first videos. So like, the first video is like, there is a giant, like eldritch entity that lives inside the Statue of Liberty and eats people. And, like, one of the second videos is, like, 
every president gets to choose a person to imprison inside the Lincoln Memorial for their entire term. (laughs) (laughs) And that just, like, sets the tone for the whole series. Like, most of it takes place in an alternate universe where James Dean became president instead of Richard Nixon. (laughs) That's a good alternate history. Um, there's a video that, like, that in, like, the second season, quote-unquote, where that's about the Ever Given, and, like, the premise is that it's, like, a fake, like, down-the-rabbit-hole video about, like, the Ever Given in this alternate universe where it actually ran aground on, like, a giant monster crab, and the crab, like, got up and walked away with the Ever Given on top of it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, like, it's... Really, it was, like, really interesting to me. And, like, I usually don't like a lot of, like, YouTube, like, analog horror that is all, like, found, like, VHS footage and stuff and kind of, like, trying to mimic Local 58, which did it first and did it best. Right. Because Chris, Kastraub rules and is the goat. Um, but I like Monument Mythos a lot because it isn't focused on being like spooky 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 in every video it's like yeah this premise is kind of silly and some of the videos acknowledge that it's kind of silly and some of the videos are just like really devastatingly sad instead of like scary and i really enjoyed that hell yeah (laughs) like there's a whole um there's like a whole plot line that goes throughout both of the seasons of like uh this little girl who, like, travels in between, uh, like, our universe and the parallel universe with, like, the James Dean presidency, and she, like, gets trapped in the wrong universe, and, like, her parents know that, like, she's the wrong kid, and they, like, put her in a foster home and stuff, and I was like, this is really sad, and, like, just, like, gut-wrenchingly terrible, and I've never really seen like a like a spooky found footage YouTube series kind of do that before. <laughs> cool. None of them really hit that note. Yeah, no, because a lot of them are, are very focused on like, oh, here's like a scary face in the dark or like check out this like 3D modeled creature I made that looks like real viscera or whatever. And it's like, well, you could do that or you could just like make me actually very sad through just like ar- like draw like child's drawings and voice recordings. There's a lot of like uh what's that subreddit? It's like two sentence horror. That's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a man who was outside. <laughs> but I didn't know he was the face taker offer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then in parentheses he uses a knife to take off people's faces. I feel like a lot of a lot of YouTube horror, like especially the analog horror stuff, kind of tries to mimic like the the way that like Local Fifty Eight is unsettling, but it like kind of jumps the shark and is like, ah, a scary man! Look at this man; he is so scary. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, my other my other favorite online horror thing is Mystery Flesh Pit. I I should say because I'm wearing my Mystery Flesh Pit National Park sweatshirt right now. What is Mystery Flesh Pit? I've heard I've oh, seen shit. this around. <laughs> uh, Mystery Flesh Pit is a blog about a fake um, national park called Mystery Flesh Pit National Park, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the the whole kind of premise is that like. 
there it, so it's it's just like one guy who runs this blog with like fake like national park ads and stuff on it um and it is about like they found this like huge like fleshy organism living underneath uh part of texas i think yeah it's tech uh, let me look on the website yeah it's texas um and they uh they drilled into it and like built a national park where you can like go underground and like explore this like giant fleshy organism jesus and like as you read the blog you kind of start to like there starts to be a story about it because uh the so it's mysteryfleshpitnationalpark.com um and right at the top it says a collection of artifacts relating to the now defunct mystery flesh pit national park and as you kind of like read through these like flyers and articles you come to like start reading about this like disaster that happened and like why the park became defunct okay and it's just like really interesting like weird found document stuff that is also like again like fully aware of like how ridiculous the concept is and like has a sense of humor about itself (laughs) okay um and they have good merch i have i have a mystery flesh pit national park sweatshirt hell yeah (laughs) they also have a shirt that i want that uh is it still in their store? Yeah, it says, uh, I engaged in acts of industrial hubris against an ancient cosmic abomination buried in Texas, and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> <sighs> I have been trying to find one of my favorite pieces of writing on the internet, and I'm, I might say this, and you'll just know what I'm talking about offhand, um, but I much prefer horror comedy stuff to just straight horror stuff. Mm-hmm. You all know this. You're listening to our third anniversary Q&A. You know yeah. who we are. Um, but there's a forum post. Or there's a story that is written from the point of view of it being a forum post about farming as people are getting replaced by scarecrows. Oh, it's a Michael Lutz story. Is it really Michael Lutz? I'm pretty sure. He. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hold on. I got the link. He has like a whole series of them. It's like a, there's like a scarecrow one, there's a uh, there's like a hayride one, and there's a third one. Yeah, no, I you said Michael Lutz, and I found it. Scrow is what I'm looking for. <laughs> Apostrophe Scrow, which is about a fake uh, a fake forum about uh, the Hay Meadow community chat talking about scarecrow vandals in the fields. Um, and it turns out that it's like a horror thing about scarecrows coming to life and replacing people. But it's just really well written and I, I like it a lot. I love uh I like things that play with form and I love things that play with um how you're reading it, as a as mm-hmm. weird as it is to say. Um so I love stuff like this. This is my favorite kind of stuff where I can when when you're focusing on doing something more interesting than just I'm gonna make you jump real good when I talk about the spooky man. Um I find a lot more stuff worth looking at because I don't want to see the spooky man. So I like stuff like this. That works really well for me. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to scrow. And uh, if you want to shoot yeah. me links to the other stuff, I can include those links as well. Um, yeah. I just want to find them. Cause I want to reread them now. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I mean, yeah, the I, other mean ones I mean, are flesh called... pit and uh, uh, oh, yeah. uh, the other, the monument one that you were talking about. 
history flash pit national park yeah the other ones are called uh hayride and unwinder they're also on michael letts's uh site hell yeah i'll have to check those out too um but yeah those are my favorite horror things i don't like to be that spooked out so uh these work for me hell yeah hell yeah uh another question about kind of args as a whole uh this one came in from uh isabel wilson through email um and they said, uh, listening to your episode, I'm always curious about the number of players in any given game. Obviously not expecting you to know specific numbers, but just generally, what kind of audiences do indie versus corporate ARGs have? Is it dozens versus hundreds? What's considered a big number of players for an indie ARG? I'm going to say right oh, off the top, boy. I don't know. Uh, I, don't, yeah. I, don't have he- I don't have any kind of insider info. One of the things that I want to do in year three, and I know that we have started making some connections that can maybe allow us to do this. Um, but I would like to talk to some more professional ARG runners and kind of get a yeah. feel for this kind of thing. Um, I can tell you that in... So, Pepsi Navy Exposed, as a very with the caveat, this is a very small ARG that ran as an offshoot of a podcast about ARGs. Uh, so, take that with all the grains of salt that it deserves, you know? Like... There's your caveats. Um, let me find the way to look at roles in Discord. Because so we we set up a role for people that wanted to interact with the game and get like notifications and stuff like that. Uh, we called it Friend of Bowtie. Uh, I will say people that had that descriptor, we had 26. Um, of our game, I th- want to say that the number of people that signed up for the forum was under 20. Yeah, and, like because I only I only made thirty usernames, so that sounds right. Yeah, and we and we didn't use them all. Um, and then I want to say that when I sent out T-shirts, I think I sent out eleven. Eleven jumps out to me as the number that got sent out. Um, there are obviously side things in that of you know how many people want to put an address into a form things like that those are all reasonable you know caveats to number questions um but our very small indie podcast that or indie arg that had no out advertising outside of the podcast for which it was running um that is our numbers uh i would say that we had maybe a good i think about 10 people working i would say i would say we had maybe you know, 15 people kind of dipping in and out of working on stuff. Maybe five or six, like, dedicated players. Yeah. And then a couple more people in, you know, maybe 10 people that would check in once a day, you know, see what's up, that kind of thing. Um, it's hard to judge engagement and uh, numbers like that. But I can tell you, looking at the uh, the few official ways I can check right now, that's what we had. I also think that, like... For indie args, it very like there's a huge scope yeah. of like what I would call indie. Like Alex Bale is in theory well, not even in theory, like Alex Bale is an indie arg creator. Right. Like it's just him and his friends like doing the videos and stuff, and he has over five hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. And like not all of those people are like working on solving the arg or whatever but like he also has like a dedicated discord and like a subreddit 
for people specifically solving his arg stuff. Mm-hmm. It's very much um I think two things that I would give as like uh interesting takes on stuff. Um I know that uh uh Jeff Stormer who's in I feel like we have to introduce Jeff Stormer here. That's weird. Um for someone who's like friends of ours and who I don't feel the need to introduce on my other podcast where they're my bitter enemy. Um but Jeff Stormer is a indie tabletop uh, podcaster who does Party of One is an actual play show, as well as uh, All My Fantasy Children. Um, and he writes he he wrote a blog post fairly recently that was interesting about the tabletop indie industry. That was like when we're talking about our industry, we're talking about tens to hundreds, not hundreds to thousands. Um, yeah, and I feel like that is all, that feels true for this kind of ARG space. Um, I know that in the old ARGs that I used to play, I feel like I feel like in um, you know in the uh, John dies at the end games, I feel like I could count. You know, maybe maybe if you wanted me to like sit down and name now, I could probably list off a good fifteen to twenty usernames that of people that I like would consider people that played like as core players, and I'm sure mm-hmm. outside of that there were you know, three times as many that would pop in and say something and who'd never left, who didn't leave a deep mark on me. And then you'd have a lot more that like signed up or like had signed in at a point or visited the website or something like that. So, um, and those, and that's, you know, a professional arg with like publisher backing. Um, so who knows? Um, this industry is the other thing that I was going to say is that this industry feels a lot like, uh, podcasting weirdly enough, um, where, uh, you know, as I was just saying, we're an indie podcast and my other show, the podcast mine is an indie podcast. We have a hundred thousand listens to my other shows, 20,000. Um, and we can compare that to like other indie podcasters in our space, even on our network. Um, you know, there's a show that has like 150,000 listens a year. Um, so there's that kind of weird give and take and push and pull of like, where do where do numbers start to count and where do they, um, you know, at what point do you stop being indie and start being something else? Um, and it is interesting in that looking around at podcasting space, I find myself having more in common with like even a network like Max Fun compared to like looking at a corporate podcast or like, um, you know, those big like network network shows that are on like uh like iHeartRadio or something like that. These kinds of weird fields are like vast and weird when it comes to numbers. So I couldn't even begin to tell you what an average ARG looks like numbers wise. Yeah, and like especially I was I was talking about this with some other ARG people recently. Like since Unfiction went down, or like since the the Unfiction forums went down, it is like incredibly hard to find centralized places to talk about a bunch of args at once like a lot of args either have like dedicated subreddits dedicated like discords or like dedicated google docs that people work on but there's only like one or two discords i can think of that are explicitly like yeah this is a gathering place for like people to talk about any arg that they're working on and like we will make like categories and channels for it and like and like the unforum doesn't exist anymore so you don't like there are no actual forums to talk about it so like it's weird because 
like there is no like one centralized place where people can really go anymore to be like oh this is like what's new in the sphere and like this is what's big and like here are all of these like different forum sections where I can see people working on different args and like jump in and like find resources that I need what if we did that with our discord we could do that. I've seen some of so my problem is that like I've jumped into some of the discords like the the game detectives discord is one. Um there's Vehemence, uh Varel's Bridge Society mm-hmm. has like the the Crystal stuff and also like uh folders for other args and and whatever. And like I don't know. I'm not like I personally don't like it when like i personally prefer it when discords are have like a very specific thing that they're supposed to be about and like uh-huh. doing and have and i can't like it's very hard for me to function with a in a discord that has like a hundred channels and it's like oh like go here to talk about this arg and like go here to talk about this one sure and and blah 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 and like i don't know i feel like a forum is like such the ideal way to do it but yeah, I nobody uses forums anymore. <laughs> I, I I miss forums, and you can still set up forums. But like, as we set one up for uh uh for ours, boy, it would suck to use. I tell you what. Yeah, and like I like a bunch of our people were talking about it, and, and a couple of us were like, "Whoa!" Like if we could just like buy hosting for like the unfiction forum like and just like resurrect it we absolutely would yeah <laughs> like <laughs> i'm sure that costs an order of magnitude higher than oh, you'd yeah. expect like it, well yeah like apparently like the reason that it went down was because like the the person running it like could no longer pay for hosting like that was the problem yeah oh boy <laughs> oh boy we need to bring forums back <laughs> Uh, what we need to do is get to more questions because we got a few more to get through before we get to what is supposedly the bulk of our episodes. So, <laughs> uh, I've got a question here that came in from Colton. It says, uh, has anything in the past year changed your perception on ARGs in any major way? Uh, also, do you see any changes in the types of ARGs being created? Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's... It's been interesting seeing a lot of our creators like pivot to completely online storytelling because of the pandemic or like mm-hmm. pick stuff up again that they they might have like left alone like Ben Drowned that they like now had time to do again. Um and so like I feel like we've been seeing a lot of that like we saw like Ben Drowned came back, Knock 10 came back. Um a lot of like creators who had seemingly abandoned their stuff like, found the time to either, like, conclude it or pick it back up again and, like, do some new entries. Um, there's there's definitely been, like, more YouTube series cropping up as, like, people have, have, like, the time to create those and, like, people are newly, like, sitting down and figuring out, like, resources that they need to, like, do cool, like, 3D animation stuff and, like, cool effects. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I I don't have any insight here cuz as I was saying earlier, I I have I feel like I have to stay away so I don't really take a look. Um <laughs> And also just like I said like I I I think the community is very much feeling the lack of like centralized spaces to talk about art. <laughs> yeah. I could I could definitely see that. Well, there was and a, it feels there's like a th- it feels weird cuz it's like how do you 
when I launch the Olive Garden arc, how do I build an audience? What do I do? I, I, exactly. I say something on our podcast. I shoot a message to to ArcNet, which is a resource to get like a good blog post put up. I, I don't want this to sound like I'm being dismissive of ArcNet and yeah, Michael, yeah, yeah. but like you get a blog post put up and they might do an update to like follow up on it. But I think ArcNet's just one guy, you know, like where else can I go? Like the Arg subreddit? I've never met a group of people that hates Args more than the Arg subreddit. Exactly. Like there, there's a thread on the Arg subreddit like recently, I think like a couple days ago, where people are like, is this like a place to talk about Args? Because like I sorted my top posts and it seems like you guys just like hate most of the stuff on here. One of my favorite, po- I went, the first time I went to check out the Arg subreddit, um, Someone had posted the question of like, what's an interesting idea, an interesting new idea that someone could do in an ARG? And the first most top voted up response was being good, (laughs) which A, is incredibly funny, but B, it's like, okay, that's not really the energy I want to advertise my ARG to. Yeah, just, just be good. Okay. Credit where credit is due. Uh, The Nightmine Index does exist and is a very cool tool and i have used it to find like web series and args to look at okay um but it lacks a place where people can discuss those args because that's not what it's for right it's an index (laughs) it is explicitly an index yeah i Um, i just don't i i i i feel you it feels it feels a little bleak I feel like ARGs, you have to like be lucky enough to be something big enough that you get written up about it in Kotaku. And yeah. then you just have to like hope that they include a link to your Discord. Yep. <laughs> or like you have to hope that Game Detectives picks it up and like it gets worked on in the Game Detectives Discord. Mm-hmm. Or like this, that like someone makes a page for you on the Game Detectives Wiki. Yeah, you kind of have to like hope that you just kind of have to hope that someone big notices you and you get big because of that right like that's kind of the feel yeah and like literally as someone did a couple uh like like as someone who did a couple like indie arg experiment stuff experiments Mm -hmm. type things in um like in high school it used to be as simple as you find the active members on um, the unfiction forum in like the genre that you want to work in and you send them a mysterious email like that was uh-huh. 75% of like indie arg trailheads <laughs> at that time because people just had their emails on their forum profiles nowadays I feel like I feel a little bad because I feel like people try to use us to do that um, a we're not like a news source we're not here to announce every ARG that comes across us because uh, partially we want some level of like quality control and understanding of where it's coming from and what it what it is before we get into an ARG like I think it's pretty safe to say we're probably not going to cover Marble Hornets because of like the shit that came out around its creators right like that's kind of what we're expecting uh Tribe 12 Tribe 12 my bad I apologize Marble Hornets I get all the Slendermen mixed up what I I think what I was trying to say is that like we get emails but like I also think that just the way that online communication and just kind of communication as a whole has changed is that like yeah I don't trust creators I don't trust messages that I get that aren't from people I know anymore um 
And I think that's true for emails because of so many phishing scams and shit. That's true for like phone calls from unlisted numbers just because there's Mm -hmm, so many mm -hmm. robo dialers. Like, I feel like I have to be much more closed off on that kind of communication too. So like, I don't know how you would advertise in these, in, in, in a big thing these days. I feel like I, I retweeted a thing once that was like, and I, you probably retweeted it first, which is why I saw it, but it was like, um, you know, Alex Bale knew that for his next ARG to pop off, he had to go viral on YouTube first and he fucking did it, which is wild. And it's like, yes. Oh my God. I'm so excited to, when we finally get to talk about that. And it's like, I can't, I can't go viral on YouTube just to kick off Pepsi Navy exposed, you know? So it's, it's interesting the ways that you have to work to try and get something noticed these days. I don't know how you do it. I mean, we, we ran an ARG. We got 30 people in our discord. We clearly don't know how to do it, you know? Yeah. So that was like a weird case because the ARG itself that he's running is like, made to revolve around the premise of going viral on youtube right so he like intentionally had to make like clickbaity content that like would go viral on youtube which i am absolutely fascinated by right yeah and i'm really excited for when that ends and we can finally talk about it (laughs) i really want to um try and get alex bill to like come on and talk about it on the show because i've like heard some of the stuff like behind the scenes that he said about it and it's like nuts like other clickbait channels have started trying to anticipate and like copy his content without understanding that it is like a a surface level thing of like a deeper game that he's doing (laughs) i mean that's what happened with um that's what happened with uh ben drowned yeah, and so he's, like, started having to make, like, like misleading or fake teasers so that they'll be like, oh, like, he's gonna cover, like, this, like, cartoon theory, and they'll, like, m- try to make their video first and, like, get it out first, and then he can put his out that is, like, totally different. Wild. <laughs> it's really funny. God, yeah, I want to talk about this with it when we, uh, when it's finally time for it to come around. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, another question here. This one came in from Strange One. Uh, if y'all could go back and fix any one thing about one ARG, what would it be? Yeah, uh, no Hitler in our inscription. Um, yeah. This is keeping uh, this keeping in mind this could go to lead to a domino effect to say keep an ARG going longer or end it earlier. Um, I'd probably cut a couple years off of Everyman Hybrid. Let it end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to everyone hybrid, some of those years were just like years that there were no that uh-huh. like there was no content. <laughs> no, I I I think Everyman Hybrid's perfect. No com- no complaints. Perfect series. Um <laughs> a lot of complaints. Listen to my four part rant fest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um I I don't know what I would go back and fix. I, I know that I just jokingly said the inscription and probably, yeah, I would give that script another pass and just say like, can we go a little less uh, boring and cliche with this? We're talking about inscription here, but I, I, I don't know. I might change latitude society so that it feels less like a, less like a cult. We got, we got yeah. a strongly worded email about our usage of the word cult in that episode. And I'll, I'll say it's not <laughs> a cult. I, the, the person that wrote in is correct. Um, 
I just think it's funnier and gets my point across if I just say cult like than if I like hedged my words in the correct usage every time because we're doing a ostensibly a, 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 a and um fuck what word am I looking for here uh, just because we're doing a podcast more for like entertainment than we are for like this is a strict written record of what happened here if you want those you can read the articles that we talk about a lot yeah um i think that the dexter ARG should have been brought back to market <laughs> the new season of dexter that just aired i think they sh- they should have done it i think alternate viewpoint ben drowned should have stayed dead i agree and not pivot to nfts i mean i i have i know that i have talked extensively about how many how many things in the third act of ben drowned i like i would have been completely fine if none of that had happened yeah yeah i think ben drowned i don't know uh some things don't need to be brought back and rebooted or remade you know um i think that the adult swim games people should have gotten the chance to finish their arg yeah uh, because i don't think it's going to be finished because a bunch of them got laid off i forgot about that one yeah i was like rereading stuff from that the other day and i was like oh man this is a great arg i'm so sad that like adult swim games kind of went under i would change spectacular organic so that they send me juice yeah i want the god juice i want that give juice. me the god juice Give me that juice. <laughs> um, and then kind of in similar lines, uh, Laura Hall writes in and says, if there was one ARG you wish you could go back and play live, which would you choose? Uh, this is my Milwaukee. 100%. Yeah, this is my Milwaukee. Is It rules. There's a reason that it, there's a reason it kicked off the biggest podcast in the biz. <laughs> uh, Spectacular Organic. If they would send me the juice, I would go back and play that one. Um, yeah, uh, the Adult Swim ARG. Yeah, Everyman Hybrid, uh, just so that I could relive like 18 years of my life. That sounds nice. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I think I, I think this is my Milwaukee is my top answer for that one. Yeah, you really <laughs> can't go wrong. That we've, yeah, I mean, a lot of the ones that we've talked about that like I, I really enjoyed, I did play for at least part of. So, <laughs> um. I could also go back and play in uh, Pepsi Navy Exposed and be like, how come they're not updating more? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> there's, a, there's a thing about like making the media that you want to see that is really cool and nice and fun on paper, but it also means that you don't get to enjoy the, yeah. the, the media that you want to see, right? Yeah, like, I, I run into this a lot when people are like, oh, like, write the stuff that you want to read. And I was like, well, yeah, but I'm not going to read it because, like, I fucking spent the last four months writing it. Uh-huh. I don't ever want to see it again. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I just want other I just want other people to read it and tell me how cool it is. Yeah, people, people, people talk to me about jokes that we make on the podcast minds a lot. And I'm just like, I have no idea what you're talking about because the moment I've never listened to it. Yeah. I've never listened to my podcast. I just made it. That that actually uh, jumping back to like earlier, we were talking about like things that have changed over the course of the Argonauts. Um, there's a weird period of time in basically it was 2021 uh, that as I was looking back at older episodes, I don't really remember those ARGs that well. And part of it is that we had an editor during that time who was doing mm-hmm. the edits for those episodes. Um, shout out to Sabrina. Sabrina was great. 
She's pivoted yeah. her life to do other stuff. So I'm back to editing now. So I remember the more recent ones because I've listened to them again, uh, which I hadn't done for a lot of those other ones. I think like through maybe Tender is back to when I started editing again. I think so. Yeah. And there's a good chunk that I'm just like, I do not remember this ARG at all. Uh, basically between Cloverfield to Tender uh, because we had an editor for those. And so um, that's one thing that like has changed in the past year of the podcast is I'm back to remembering episodes again. Is <laughs> <laughs> ultimately where that leads us to. Oh, Tender is another one that I that I would like to have played. I think I think playing Tender would have been neat. Yeah. I want to play like a full Allison Smith. Arc I didn't. I didn't day. play Tender because I did the podcast. We've we've started. Yeah. That's a that's another thing that being in year three has changed. Uh, we have reached a point where we can cover ARGs that have come out since we have started the show. Yeah, which is <laughs> which is fucking it's wild. Weird. I will say that right up front. <laughs> and by up front, yeah, I no, mean it, an hour and twenty three minutes into the podcast. Yeah, it's very weird that there have been, I think, multiple uh, args at this point where I have looked at them and been like, we'll cover this in six months. And then we actually did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) The passage of time is wild. It's wild. (sighs) Speaking of the passage of time and moving from one thing to the next, Marn, are you ready to finally do... The Argies 2022 and get yeah, into let's do it. the Argonart the the Argonarts the Argonarts 2021 Arg bracket. Yes. Tell tell me about this bracket that I'm looking at. So I put out a poll and I said, "Hey, here's 20 Args that we covered in uh, since January 2021. Tell us what your top three favorites are." Um, and I saw someone who quoted the tweet. I was like, oh, it's cool that you guys are taking like user data. Uh, yeah, getting <laughs> listener like, data. Uh-oh. And I was like, no, we're not getting listener data. This is not used for anything but to seed a bracket. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh-oh, that's not what we're using it for at Cal- all. I mean, S- it, it might be what we what we eventually use it for, but I did use it explicitly to seed this bracket. Side point. We should probably get listener data at some point to figure out who actually listens to our podcast. Because I, I tell yeah, you what, should, Pinecast tells us a lot of stuff. They don't tell us any of that. Yeah, they they sure don't. <laughs> Keep an eye out for that. Um, so I guess we're just going to, we'll include this bracket in the show notes and, uh, and sure. we'll just yeah, go through and talk out. Uh, I, I've. I've got a bracket in front of me. I think that I'm already seeing our first snag. Marn, we we yeah. made one of these. We did, but it was what it was one of the top two. It was literally the top voted arg on that poll, so I had to include it's, it's it. It's the number one seed is ours. <laughs> yeah. So how do we? How do how? So now we're doing a bracket to figure out what the number two arg is, right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, we have created the ultimate arg that beats up all the other args and eats their we bones. We sure did. Is the we thing. sure did. We joked about the bone eater. I eventually said, you know what? I don't think this is the bone eater. I feel like I've still got the bone eater in me. Um, I guess not. This is the one. <laughs> this might prove that Pepsi Navy is the bone eater. 
So yeah, so I I put 20 in the poll. Uh, The bracket is the top 16. Um, Shout out to Riley for... I literally (laughs) messaged them last night and I was like, hey, do you have like a pre-programmed spreadsheet that makes the brackets that you like to do? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. I'll send you the link. (laughs) (laughs) If they hadn't automated that by now, I would have been very concerned. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Um, so our first matchup is Pepsi versus the Latitude Society. So Pepsi Navy Exposed is our failed attempt to get our listeners to form a secret society that would kill for us versus the Latitude Society, which is Jeff Hole's successful attempt to create a secret society that would kill for them. So, Uh (laughs) I mean, clearly Latitude wins here, right? I mean, okay, what? Uh, so, is this going to be like a champs in the making thing where we just go with our hearts, or is there like a rubric that we're going by? Because my 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 gut reaction is that I think that Pepsi Navy is more of an arg than the Latitude Society. No, I I agree with that, and I do think that we are going more with our hearts. I do think that this is a a nice. T- I think this is a cool time to reflect on the args that we've covered this year too. Um. Pepsi Navy Exposed is weird because we didn't cover it. Ty it. I feel like Ty and Riley covered it and we told people what happened is how I look at how that episode was supposed to be. So it does feel weird that it's included here. Um, I think ultimately, yeah, the Latitude Society just doesn't feel like an ARG. And I think that I've been, I've become disillusioned a bit toward the nonchalance's vibe when it comes to lore building and myth making and the art of play Mm -hmm. i think i've become a bit disenchanted and disillusioned with them so i want pepsi navy exposed to move on partially because i made it partially because i think that it's i think there's more to sink its teeth into i think that there is interesting stuff to talk about with the latitude society with the fact that like they were able to get a group of people to form a secret society together i'd like to do that that sounds like a lot of fun also kind of feel like it's one of those things that if you throw enough money at something something's bound to happen yeah Uh, so i don't know i think there's a lot interesting stuff to bite into and talk about that i don't think the interesting stuff is necessarily on the args front i agree so pepsi navy goes on good the bone eater continuing to eat bones (laughs) it's very funny that you're like i'm disillusioned with nonchalance because i'm like oh we have like two to three more weeks of talking about crystal we sure do uh (laughs) (laughs) including the lost episode that we don't know what happened yeah speaking of being on part two of a four-parter uh that i've already recorded once uh that one's gonna be a good episode um i'm gonna cut that (laughs) uh next up we've got the number eight seed which is tender versus the number nine seed which is ben drowned act three marn i have a confession uh-huh. I never actually went back and listened to the episode about Ben Drowned Act 3. I was thinking that while I was making this bracket. I was like, I wonder if Andrew actually knows what happens at the end of it. I told myself I would go back and listen to the episode, and then I just never have. I don't blame it feels, you. It feels, I will say, it feels weird to listen to a podcast that I'm on. It feels weirder to listen to my yeah, podcast yeah, yeah, when absolutely. I'm not on it. Uh, I did it the first time when I edited the first episode you did with blake which i think Mm -hmm. was that ben drowned again yeah that was a ben drowned and a little bit of the adult swim uh, right when it was still when they they came back yeah 
like I edited yeah, yeah, that yeah. and it was a little weird and I was like, I'll go back and listen eventually. And then I never have. So tell me about Ben Drowned Act 3. And I'll let you kind of judge oh, this Christ. this uh, matchup. So part of the important thing to know about Ben Drowned Act 3 is that it was leading up to be... So it was it was like two concurrent plots. It was uh, like the, the video game videos that were like still showing like what happened to Jaducible and like how he died and whatever. Right. And it was like apocalyptic logs of like post-apocalyptic America and like showing what had led up to that. And the important part to know is that those stopped halfway through because they were leading up to a like pandemic plot that also kicked off like social class and race related riots in the United States and Jaducible had to pull everything that he was doing for that and be like, guys, I'm so sorry. Like I wrote this like a year ago and I did not actually mean for it to reflect (laughs) what's going on in the country right now. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a tough sell in uh, March, 2020. And so it kind of pivoted to being like this, um, for a while, it was like a first person adventure game, like live action, where like the players were controlling like a series of characters trying to make their way through this like hotel that had like scary guy in a gas mask that would like catch them and kill them. Um, and then like through one of the protagonists in the hotel, they found a Nintendo 64 and like the Majora's Mask cartridge and they started controlling her to play the Majora's Mask game. Okay. <laughs> and that was like, one of my favorite things about it was like, oh, this like first person character is playing Majora's Mask and like the players are telling her what to do in the game. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I really liked that. Um, and sort of... As it went forward, the the premise also became like, what if someone played the like the haunted Majora's Mask cartridge, but they were like really fucking good at Legend of Zelda? So it's like <laughs> the, the game is like throwing all these like out of sequence like boss fights at her and like trying to trap her like places where she shouldn't be yet, and she's just like absolutely like taking every l the game has to like try to throw at her and (laughs) and somehow beating it hell yeah it's incredible um so that's a lot of bed drawn act three and it goes into a lot of like it actually explains a lot of what the hell is going on with like act two and like the moon children and stuff which i thought was interesting because like it, it, it kind of explains, like, yeah, like, the Moon Children ascended into this game. Like, like this game is, like, a weird, like, AI system that we made to, like, hold, like, the souls of dead people. And they're, like, trapped here as NPCs. And, like, some of them have their memories and some don't. Hmm. Um, and basically, like, the protagonist of Act 3 is, like, trying to... Um, like reset the the cartridge so that she can free all of the souls trapped inside of inside of it okay and it's like some of the npcs don't want her to and some do so like some of the npcs inside the game are like working against her um there's a really cool bit where she literally has to fight like jaducible soul inside the game (laughs) okay so it's uh so it's like a link versus link fight it's very, it's it's very hey. cool. I enjoyed it. It's very like Kingdom Hearts C. <laughs> okay. It's like it's the Kingdom Hearts of Vendrow. Oh yeah. 
Okay, so the other side of that is the vampire ARG about an a hyperactive art major who wants you to solve his art riddles in order to become a vampire. <laughs> See, I really <laughs> liked Tender, but I am more passionate about Bendrown. Okay. I will I will give you Ben Drowned, just on the caveat that I have not experienced Ben Drowned Act 3. So I will let you choose this one to go forward. Ben, so, like, my thing about Ben Drowned 3 is that, like, it makes a lot of big swings, uh-huh. and not all of them really land, but I can respect what it's doing. Absolutely, I get that. Well, hell yeah. Um... Ben Bendron moves on, and our next matchup, we've got the number five seed Inscription versus the number 12 seed Neopets Lost Desert. My my heart wants to just slam Inscription to go forward because my brain is like, Inscription has to win everything. But we're talking about <laughs> the ARG, not the yep. game itself. Mm-hmm. And normally, I would say that Inscription gets the win because of the cool stuff you get to do on the back end within the game itself, but it's against the Neopets game, which also do that. Yep. I will remind you that the Lost Desert one was the one where they had to go back into like the tomb over and over again and do like the the sequence of like a thousand doors until like they found the right like color door. Yeah, and inscriptions the game where they had to open up the floor uh Uh (laughs) textures and examine the nail beds for numbers so i don't Mm -hmm. think that i don't think neopets necessarily loses on the like tedium front yeah this is an unexpectedly good matchup i think i think that this is a strong matchup and i think that i hate to say it but i think neopets beats inscription here yeah no i'm with you i i think inscription is a bunch of people working together to perform acts individually in a video game. Neopets is a bunch of people working together to all perform acts together within that game to Uh make things happen. And I think that that is fundamentally more interesting than the Inscription ARG, as much as it pains me to say it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. All right, Lost Desert moves on. Jesus, uh, this hurts. Um... (laughs) Next up, I think this is the funky little guys bracket. Uh, We got number four, The Gift, about a funky little elf and all the people trying to steal Christmas versus uh, Fate, the Dexter ARG. That's just a bunch of funky little serial killers. Yep. Just making up a guy to get mad at. (laughs) Yeah. What are your thoughts here, Marn? Oh, my thoughts are these are both like ARGs that just did their absolute most to be kind of like edgy and and horror-y and um a- achieved it to a certain degree for both of them. <laughs> Marn, this this seating so far has been impeccable. I know. I don't think any other ARG could have beaten inscription round one. Yeah, our our listeners did this. I was not the one who seated this. Oh, oh boy. man. I, I think just, like, in terms of fun factor, like, I liked talking about the gift more than I liked talking about fate, but also fate was so funny. <laughs> fate fate is funny, and, like, it's also funny to talk about, mostly because I feel like we get to make a lot of serial killer jokes and stuff along the way. Yeah. I, I feel like the gift and fate, like you were saying, they both, like 
take their swings to be like strong and have an edge and like push in a direction. And fate does it in a fairly stereotypical serial killer plot. Yeah. Whereas the gift does it in a plot about trying to steal Christmas. And, yes. and I think that that like just that little weirdness factor gets it for the gift for me over fate. Yeah. I think in terms of like sheer delight and like having a sense of humor, it has to be fate. I mean, you mean the, the gift? gift? Sorry. Yep. 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 And, the gift. And I, I also think the gift like it, the gift swings harder in the like, because of its like small player count and like dedicated player base, they could do some fucked up stuff directly to players. As opposed mm-hmm. to fate, which is like, we're going to be broadly fucked up. It's a weird distinction, yeah. but it's there. And like, the gift was very funny because they didn't initially reveal that it was a Christmas Uh-huh, arc. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and people had to like piece that together for themselves. Yes. The fact that people had to stop, turn around and say, hold on, are they talking about Santa Claus? Is like top 10 ARG betrayals of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, the, I think the gift moves on here. Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah. I'm glad that I only did, like, arcs that we covered in the past year and change. Because, like, <laughs> can you imagine any of these having to go up against, like, I Love Bees or, like, The Beast or Everman Hybrid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of, damn, these are... A good chunk of these are good round one matchups. So we've got uh, what I would think is like, we've got Allison Smith kind of firing on on all cylinders with Waking Titan at the number six seed versus versus Nonchalance firing on all cylinders with New Newology Network at the 11 seed. Yeah. And if I remember right, both of these ARGs had a plot line of like, a vehicle traveling across the U.S. and like meeting it at a certain point on a map, right? Am I mixing that up with something? Um, didn't Waking Titan th- have some kind of like caravan plot? Waking Titan had like they had to go to specific like real life coordinates and like do tasks. Yeah. Okay. But I don't remember if there was a vehicle involved. Okay. But they Maybe they I'm did have that. The, Waking Titan had the radio stations. Like they they played radio ads that sent people to coordinates. Right. But they both had like weird AI Twitch streams. Yes. Because Waking Titan had the AI Twitch streams, and the New Newology Network ended with like they got to talk to like digital uh, Clara on Twitch. Right. And there was. So now I will say New Newology Network did those like really cool reality breaking videos too of like, we're watching a, like I remember early on there was a thing that was like, we're watching a lab, but then like the blackboard came down Mm -hmm, and it turned mm -hmm, out mm -hmm. that there was a truck and shit like that. Yeah. I think New Newology Network kind of went a little harder on those physical elements, whereas Waking Titan Mm -hmm. went a little harder in the like digital elements of radio broadcasts and trying to get people together and trying to do that stuff. This one's tough. Yeah. I think, oh God, it's, yeah, it's tough. Cause there's like a lot of little individual elements I like about each of these. I really uh-huh. like like the, the, the like inter company, like employee memos from waking Titan. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when Alice is with Dozos. I really like the moment from New Newology Network where uh, it turned out that one of the people in the Discord was a plant and he was like, hey, the van is like outside my house and like shared video. Uh huh. Yeah. 
That was cool. I know that I said earlier that I'm a little disenchanted with with Nonchalance, the company whose name I can never remember when I try to say it for some reason. Um, I know that I said that earlier, but I do think that I'm leaning toward new newology here. Yeah, no, I agree. I was just thinking also of like the moment... When people realize that it was like uh, the like dispatches from elsewhere ARG because they recognized like Jason Siegel's shirt in a photo. <laughs> yeah, online celebrity stands are weird. Yeah. Um. <laughs> next up, we have uh, two video game ARGs. We've got the number fourteen seed Portal Two. Going up against the number three seed, Catastrophe Crow. So um, one of these games is a little more real than the other. Yes. One of them's coming to the one Switch. Of these, one of these args is a little longer than the other. <laughs> a little bit. Um, what are your thoughts here, Marn? Um, I don't know. See, I, I thought that it was going to be Catastrophe Crow, no question, but... Portal also did like the cool stuff with like they they actually updated arg stuff into the game and like people had to go diving around into the files and like go and like find radio sounds uh-huh. in the game itself to get clues and I really like when games do that. <laughs> yeah, there's I think we might have even said it in the episode a bit. Catastrophe Crow feels a little less like an ARG and more like uh, just a web show with more steps. Yeah. And that is personally, that's my least favorite kind of ARG that we cover. Um, I'm not looking at you, Everman Hybrid Boys. You guys are perfect. We all know this. But <laughs> but I do kind of, I, I, I always leave those web series with just, I, I leave their wish and there's a little more meat on the bones. It's like when you go to a fancy restaurant and you're like on the way home, you're going to swing by McDonald's because you just ate like nothing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Portal. Also, the por- go ahead. Also, the portal arg forced people to use graphics formats from like the 80s. Yeah. And that was really funny. I, I love that the portal arg made you dig up like an old, like old tech to solve stuff. You had to look in old ways because that's part of the theme of Portal 2 is that you like you travel into the the old science center. So it's neat that like they could kind of incorporate that vibe into the ARG itself. Um, yeah, I think portal two, it just has more meat on the bones and that's what I'm looking for is meat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going with portal on this one. Yeah. I think, I, I think, I think portal takes it. Cool. Cool. All right. What do we got next? Martin? Oh boy. Our next, uh, matchup is at number seven. In the seed, uh, the Neopets Altador plot, which was the one with all the statues and the astronomy club. Um, yes. And Cloverfield. So this one just goes to Neopets, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I Look, Cloverfield, I am struggling to remember what your ARG was. It was a big MySpace thing. Actually, now, uh-huh. now that I'm saying this, it was MySpace. There was Tigerado. There was uh, Ecoterrorism. Uh, there was a girl that drank kaiju and got very sick um a lot of character stuff that built together that just kind of if i remember right it kind of built together in a way that left me feeling a little cold yeah and then neopets had the astronomy club where you became the greatest astronomer of all time yeah and and the 
and the head of the astronomy club tried to kill you. Until the entire astronomy club bands together in Julius Caesar style, beats him over the head with their astrology clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Neopets, welcome, welcome aboard. <laughs> Neopets taking down two different uh, two different things today. Uh, our last matchup is uh, so shockingly the number two seed, Muslev Robots, uh-huh. versus uh, another Neopets uh, one, The Tale of Woe, which was the Haunted Woods plot where people had to dig up like the burial grounds collaboratively. <laughs> I have been looking at this bracket for the past however long we've been doing this going, what the fuck was the tale of woe? It was it was Neopets. I just didn't put Neopets in front of me. I got you. I got you. I It's must love robots, right? Yeah, it, yeah 100%. for sure. 100%. Uh, Must Love Robots is a charming tale about falling in love with a robot. I will forgive them for stealing, years before we did it, our using a Pepsi machine to put in a code. I'll I'll forgive them for that. Uh, but Must Love Robots is great. You've got... Uh, <laughs> you've got robot porn sites. You've got... Uh, dating profiles for robots you've got central park meetups where people go on dates with the characters i love must love robots i think that was a great game i do too i was surprised that it was so popular like with our with our listeners but like i i really loved covering it it's it's an arc i like it go ahead i like it when arcs just like do weird stuff and like take big swings and do genres that arcs don't usually do yeah i i prefer that over Oh, I prefer that over not to not to pick on something else on the list, but I prefer that over like there's a serial killer out there or yeah. there's a cult we're trying to figure out. Like I'll always take a there is a robot that needs a date. We're trying to steal Christmas. I'll, I'll take those any day. I am 100 percent with you. Well, hell yeah. That brings us into round two. Round two, baby. We've got. The number one seed, Pepsi Navy Exposed, coming up against number nine's Ben Drowned Act 3. Marn, I want to say Pepsi Navy Exposed wins so that we can say that we are definitively better than Ben Drowned, according to the biggest podcast in the biz. (laughs) Here's the thing. I'm going to come right out and say it. I think that we are. Boom! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i it feels weird i know that we're tooting our own horns i think it's i think pepsi's good i i i think that our bracket is fundamentally flawed because we created one of the args on this list <laughs> we made a good really, argo is the thing i really thought i really thought about not adding it and i was like well, I'm sure like no one will really vote for it. I'll just put it on there because we did cover it. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's the first to see. I mean, yeah, we we. <clears throat> what if we made good args though? I mean, that's really what it comes what down if, to. What if we made good args though? <laughs> <sighs> this is turning out to be a very self-congratulatory bracket. This is a self-congratulatory episode. We've been podcasting for three years, and we're just like, let's take a week off. That's true. This is a victory this, lap episode. That's all these episodes are. <laughs> Coming up next, we've got the underdog, the 12 seed Lost Desert, coming in against the gift, the four seed. Can the underdog continue to win? I'm sorry. Can the under Blumafu continue to win? 
Is a Bloomafu a nail pet? Did I fuck that up? It's it's Bloomeroo. You were so Damn close. Damn it! I was though. so close. God, what a good punchline that would have been. <laughs> you want to try it again? No, I'm good. We're leaving it here. Oh boy. Um. Oh God. My thing is that I like the Lost Desert for all of its like weird, arbitrary bullshit that it it made people do. But I, I the gift is probably one of my my like favorite things that we've covered in the past year. I'm I'm 100 with you. I think. I think that at the end of the day, between if we're picking between a game that executes really well in like the video game space and a game that executes really well in the digital and real life space, yeah, yeah I want to yeah, pick yeah. the real life space 100% of the time. Yes, absolutely. I know that that's a little rough to do in a, the, the year of our Lord 2022, but I think that the, the gift fires on those like, it feels reductive to say traditional ARG cylinders, but like... It fires and gets like it's what I like about ARGs and it does them really well in a physical space that like if it weren't so creepy and scary, I would love to pay to join whatever the gift two becomes or whatever they do next, you know? Um, yeah, I'm really interested in seeing uh, what they do next. It's the kind of experience that I want in an ARG uh, that has like and then I this was a, it was a paid ARG that people had to like buy a ticket to. I would buy a ticket to the next one. So, yeah. Yeah. Next up, we've got uh, the exceedingly weird digital realm. We've got new Newology Network versus Portal. Where are you feeling? Oh, boy. Um, I do like new Newology Network more than Portal, I think. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I lean more toward Portal just because I feel... The problem is I don't remember either of these games very well because I didn't edit these episodes. So I feel like Portal was actually, I don't really have an argument for or against either of these. So if you want to lead new Newology Network, I'll let you do it. But you got to explain to our audience why that is. Um, oh boy. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I have a bias because like, I like the whimsy of new Newology Network and I, I, I kind of like the variety of of things there were to be found there. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, um, whereas a lot of portal was just like, go to this place in the game and find this thing. That's fair. And it is, it is what I was saying earlier. When your option is go to this place in real life and find this thing, or like go to this thing in the real world, do this thing in the real world versus do this thing online or in a game. I do want to always side with do it in the real world, do it as a person. Yeah. I am, I am, with what you're saying about the whimsy, though, I'm, the whimsy's lost its, it's, it's lost its effects on me. I've lost the magic, Marn. I, I also understand that. <laughs> but I think that you're right. I think that we should move new newology forward. I feel like the fact that I... we are struggling with this one says a lot about the fact that it will be very quickly knocked out by what wins in the next round. Yeah, I mean, I also feel like new newology had more of an arc than portal like a plot arc yeah no i i definitely agree with you there and and it is i always find it to be a bit hard for an arg to have a plot arc when their plot is basically hey we're making a new portal game yeah here's a fun way that we're gonna tease you about that so yeah i definitely give that to new newology network over portal yeah well then hell yeah uh finally in this what is the semifinals round Quarterfinals, semifinals, whatever. The top eight. Uh, yeah, top, top eight. Top eight. We've got Altador 
the kaiju slayer versus must love <laughs> robots. Oh, it's got to be must love robots, right? It, you know, again, love what you're doing, Neopets. Love that you put in the work. You push two of them right into the second round. Good job there. Uh, you're losing to a guy in a robot costume. Just the fact, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's it's while there might while it might be kind of falling into the uh, the web series with extra steps that I dislike. There's so much behind Must Love Robots and a lot of love and a lot of like just going out of their way to do something new that I I love so mm-hmm. much about robots that it's better than the Astrology Club. I'm sorry, I got a horny bot. No, we got to w- take care of him, you know. <laughs> I'm with you. Muscle of Robots has a lot of heart. It really does. And I think, yeah, it has a lot of heart. And that's not quantifiable, but it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on into our top four, we've got Pepsi Navy Exposed versus The Gift. Boy. Martin, I got a hot take here. I got two hot takes. Uh Uh, First hot take, uh, you and I are the greatest dark creators of this generation, and other people shouldn't Uh shouldn't try. Uh Uh-huh. Second hot take, I think the gift wins this one. I also think the gift wins this I, one. I love, I love us. I love what we've done with the place. <laughs> I think that the gift truly gets at the heart of what I want, what I would want an ARG to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And part of my problem is that I look at Pepsi and I see where I didn't get to be what I wanted it to be. I think that we have, we could take some lessons from the gift. I think we could too. When we make Pepsi Navy Exposed 2, uh-huh. Electric Voltage Boogaloo, the gift will get blown uh-huh. out of the water, literally, by a cannon. But for now, the gift is going to win over Pepsi Navy Exposed. Absolutely. I'm glad we're in total agreement. Uh-huh. We're both of the best ARG creators and the best ARG bracketers of this generation. Yeah, this bracket is going really smoothly because we haven't really disagreed on anything. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but that's good because we would have had to bring in a tiebreaker. Yeah, that's the thing is that if we truly disagreed, be I guess we could call it tie. Uh, <laughs> next up, we've got New Noology Network versus Must Love Robots. I think oh, that this I is. I think a, the robots take it for me is, at least to me this is a matchup of whimsy versus heart and heart beats whimsy yeah. any day yeah 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 absolutely absolutely eat shit wes anderson must love robots beats whimsy all right must love robots versus the gift oh boy what is the best arg scientifically that we covered in the past year and change yeah scientifically proven here's where i'm coming from the gift is what i would want from a horror ARG that I feel like is firing on all cylinders. Uh-huh. Must Love Robots is what I would want from a comedy and romantic ARG, which a rom-com ARG is something that I've joked about wanting for a long time. So the fact that it exists and is this good is infuriating to me because it's going to be hard for me to make one that's better. So here, go ahead. So I, I have a take. Okay. I have a take on what you're saying, which is the gift is a very, very good and well-produced version of what ARGs are now. Muscle of Robots is a very, very good and well-produced version of what more ARGs could be if they weren't more over where the gift is. Damn. Damn. That's my take. <laughs> you're saying that must love ro- so this is this is the classic argument of should the best ARG go to the one that is 
a perfectly executed thing of yesteryear or a flawed but heartfelt production pushing into the future? Uh-huh. That's a compelling question, Marn. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know what the answer is. I just like, I think that that's where we're at. <laughs> now, I know that me personally, I think... I like must love robots more. I also think this. But I also feel like the gift is an incredible piece of work and a uh-huh. very good arg that is if you if you like if you pulled me aside and said, "Hey, you get to participate in one ARG next year. I don't know why it works this way, but it does. Do you want to play in the gift or do you want to play in must love robots?" I think that my answer to that question is I would like to play the gift. So not like not taking into account that like the stuff involved isn't, isn't thematically my cup of tea, but I love hearing about and knowing must love robots exists. I think that you're right. And I think that it's true. And I think part of it for me is that the gift was able to curate its community in such a way by like, being a subscription thing that like everyone who was playing was like there for what it was doing and i Hmm. and i think that i would be very interested in in kind of playing in a community of of people like that so okay so i metaphorically you're saying that the gift gets to be a small box theater with 16 seats where those 16 people are going to have the greatest theater experience of the night must love robots (laughs) does have to be Shakespeare in the park, which while it has a broad amphitheater is also having to deal with onlookers gawking from outside where it has to compete for everyone's attention in central park. Yes. That is a solid argument. (laughs) God, I don't know which of these I want to give the argy. I think I started on the side of Muslim robots and I slowly argued myself over towards the, I think I have two. I think that if you'd asked me 10 minutes ago where I'm leaning, I would have said must love robots. But when I was trying to like come up with the like, now I love the gift because of A, B, and C, but I kind of am catching myself as I'm trying to say the but. I think at the end of the day, I would rather give, as one of the founding members of the ARGI committee, I think that it is important (laughs) to me to give the awards to things that have to be for everyone. And while I appreciate the things that the gift put forward, I do I, I think that you're what you're saying about them getting to curate their audience does mean that they get to do heavier things. But I think that like working without that constraint and working in an audience of the internet, I like what must love robots does more. Also true. Like I said, I like that kind of what they put forward is like hey more args could be this if they weren't like sci-fi and horror and cult stuff yeah and i would like to see more args kind of that play in that space yes i i i think that is one of the things that holds the gift back is that there were a lot of times in listening to as you told me about it my response to stuff was just kind of jesus okay and that's not on it's i mean it's on the gift but like that's on working in that horror environment Mm-hmm. I do love that Must Love Robots was able to work outside of that environment and swing so hard and really hit one for the fences. I agree. This is going to be this is this is a very tortured metaphor. <laughs> I feel like the gift was able to load the bases so that when it hit a home run, that home run was a grand slam. 
but Must Love Robots was able to hit a home run so hard that it knocked it completely out of the park. Yep. Yep. So while I think the gift is more spectacular, I gotta I I think I gotta hand it to Must Love Robots for the stronger home run. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, is this the official first year, the first time that we have done the Argy? We're three years in. We've done a bracket, and the official 2020 or the official 2021 season Argy goes to Must Love Robots. Yeah. Hell yeah. Enter theme music here. I don't have theme music for the Argies, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations to Must Love Robots for winning the Argy of 2022, the first inaugural Argy that covers the third year of our podcast. <laughs> I know it doesn't make sense, but it's where we are. Yep. <laughs> oh, do we want to do recommendations this year or this this week? Sure, let's. Sure, I, I I got stuff. All right, in that case, uh, before we head out, let's get into recommendations. So, Marn, what are you what are you watching, reading, paying attention to these days? Uh, I have been reading a lot because I gave myself really bad eye strain playing the new Pokemon game. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so I uh, had to take a week off, and I got a bunch of books out of the library. Um, so I've been I've been doing a lot of reading. Um. I recently read uh, The Twisted Ones, uh, which is a horror novel by Ursula Vernon, who writes like adult uh, novels under the pen name T. Kingfisher, which actually uh, Mike Anderson recommended this book to oh, me. Because cool. uh, I, I, I asked for horror book recommendations from a couple of people. Yeah, you know what else, and, you know um, what else uh, Mike Anderson recommended to us? What? Must Love Robots. So shout oh, out yeah. to Mike Anderson. <laughs> Uh, low-key the MVP of the Argonauts podcast. Let's give a supplementary real, a supplementary argy to Mike Anderson for just best dude. Here you go. Um, so yeah, so I so I got this book, uh, The Twisted Ones out of the library. I read it uh last week and it's really good. Uh it is about so it's it's a horror novel. It is about um a a freelance editor in like her 30s whose grandmother that she's like very estranged from dies and her her father who is like chronically ill is like hey will you like drive down and uh and clear out your grandmother's house um and she gets there and she finds that her her grandmother was like a hoarder and there are like rooms that are just like completely blocked off by boxes and stuff that she can't go in and she also finds this mysterious journal written by her step-grandfather about like weird happenings in the woods behind the house. Okay. Um, and that is kind of where it starts. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it because I like horror novels where <laughs> fucked up stuff happens in the woods. Um, it's a little bit of a slow burn, but it's a pretty it's a pretty short book. It's 400 pages even, um, and it's real good. <laughs> you have a very skewed idea of what a short book is. Well, it's it's fast-paced. <laughs> like, I I never felt like it dragged. Marn's here like, like, I got a quick read for you. It's the Webster's Encyclopedia. Uh, <laughs> Listen, <laughs> like, you know what I mean, though? Like, it, 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 it takes a little bit to get to the horror, but it never really drags. So, like, you don't notice that it's 400 pages. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah. I will say if you don't 
Okay, so I will say there is a dog in the book. You know from page one that the dog does not die. However, if you are put off by fucked up stuff happening to animals, maybe don't read this book. All right. Duly noted. (laughs) Good note. Hell yeah. Uh, Any other books you want to shout out or is that kind of the the big one this week? Oh, boy. Uh, I am in the middle of reading a YA novel that I begrudgingly am enjoying. I've said like many times in the past three months, like, I'll never read a YA novel again. (laughs) And now I'm kind of eating my words because I think this one was also recommended to me me by someone, but I don't remember who. Um, But... I am reading. I literally am on like the last 30 pages. I'm going to go finish it after we wrap up. Uh, I am reading All of Us Villains uh, by Amanda Foodie and Christine Lynn Herman. Uh, And it is a like fantasy horror novel about um, this like village with seven families who every generation... Um, they each pick like a, a child and all seven of the kids uh, fight to the death. Okay. And the family whose champion wins gets to control like this big reservoir of magic under the city hmm. for the next generation. Okay. Um, and I am really enjoying it. I started it and I was like, I don't know about this. Like, it seems like it's going to be kind of like Hunger Gamesy. Like, I-, I picked it up because I really like reading like Death Game manga. Uh-huh. Um, and it was like recommended to me because of that. And I, I kind of picked it up and I was like, well, like, this is like, it has like blurbs saying like, if you're a fan of the Hunger Games or whatever. Um, but it's really not like that at all, and I'm really enjoying it. The world building is very interesting. Um, I like the system of how magic works mm-hmm. in it. So yeah, it's good. I am nearing the end, and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm gonna actually have to read the second book in this series, because I can tell they're not gonna wrap everything up in the last 50 pages. <laughs> <laughs> so it is one of those. <laughs> Oh, well, hell yeah. Well, cool. Um, yeah. Unlike Marn, uh, I don't have baby eyes, so I've been shiny. <laughs> I- I've done nothing but shiny hunt in uh, Arceus for the past week. Um, I'm enjoying the I'm enjoying the game. But what I would recommend this week, I uh, because our good friend Wheeler did such a good turn as Miles Edgeworth in Interstitial, I've been craving uh, Phoenix Wright content. And I know what's up with the original Phoenix Wright games, but the games that I haven't, one game I haven't ever replayed, and then one I never got around to playing because it was Japan only. Um, but there's a set, there's a set of spinoff games called Ace Attorney Investigations where you play as Miles Edgeworth solving murders. Um, and I saw you tweeting about this. I'm I'm going through. I one game was released in the U.S. Easy peasy. The second one never got an official English release. So you have to like go into the deep web and find it. There is a, a translated uh, fan, uh, a fan translation that you can patch onto a ROM where you have to find that too. Um, so I'm not linking it in the show notes, but I do have a crime Game Boy that I am playing a dark web ROM <laughs> on. And these games rule. Uh, you get to solve murders as Miles Edgeworth, which is like, what if Phoenix Wright games had a little bit more edge to them? Um, 
it's a lot of fun. I think that it's a little weird to play the games uh, with my newfound attitude toward the cops and the state, Um, but I'm still enjoying the game enough. And uh, I think the games agree with me on a lot of things, as weird as that sounds for a game where you play as a prosecutor. So it's been a lot of fun. And I'm really enjoying hanging out with my old friends, Miles Edgeworth and Dick Gumshoe again. <laughs> I should uh, I should replay the Phoenix Wright games. I've been meaning to like for years. They have a there's a remake that came out for like all the systems and the PC um, where they've like redone all of the art and stuff in the games. I don't know if it's a new script. Ooh. Well, they they like I don't I think it looks worse personally. Um, in a way that like brought me out of the game enough that i was like fuck it i'm just gonna find i still have them on like i don't even need my crime ds for these i just have the old case the old uh cartridges from when i was a teenager but uh like i just i I like how they look on the ds more than i like how they look in the remakes but if it doesn't bug you they're great games and you can find them all in one package on any modern system so like go nuts but yeah, nice. I, I love watched, this shit. I love him a lot. Have you watched uh, the Phoenix Wright anime at all? I haven't. Uh, when it came out, I heard it wasn't very great. And I was like a big fan at the time. So I was like, I bet I wouldn't like this. Uh, but nowadays, I bet I'm chill enough that I could go back and rewatch it and be fine with it. It's pretty good. I watched a little of the first season with Alyssa because she never played the uh-huh. games. And then I found out that they... Um, they never adapted uh like the bonus case from the first game yep. and i was like well what's the fucking point like that's the best that, that's the best that one. case is so weird because they made it after all three games uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. and then like shoehorned it back into the first game but yeah have you ever seen the ace attorney movie the, yes, the live action twice. Japanese movie. It rules. That's yeah, it actually scratch rules. it. I'm not I'm not I'm not nominating the good games. I'm nominating the kind of shitty live action movie that rules. <laughs> it's so good. You ever want to see I also made Alyssa watch that with me. <laughs> you ever want to see them adapt the entire first Ace Attorney game into one movie where everyone looks like the video game characters and has there's so much hair gel used in this production that it had to have bankrupt a small nation uh this movie rules check that out i think it it, is still on youtube it was back in 2010 when i watched Uh, it maybe oh they have it officially you can rent it oh shit Damn, you want to rent Ace Attorney the movie in 20XX to prevent the rise of crimes, bench trials, a new system, a new justice system where defense and prosecutor go head to head, blah, blah, blah. Hell yeah. This game rules. Check it out. Oh, my God. Hell yeah. Well, if you disagree with my takes on uh, Ace Attorney or more importantly, uh, are dumb and think that we're wrong about the Argies, let us know. Uh you can reach out to us on Twitter. We are together at Argonauts Pod. Otherwise, you can find us individually. I am at co-host Sherms. I am at Corpse Survivors. And we are also available via email if you want to send us questions or uh, just kind of reach out and tell us we're wrong about the way that we talk about cults. Uh, hit us up there. That is ArgonautsPodcast at gmail.com. Um, we read everything that gets in, uh, that comes in, and we try to incorporate stuff that has been told to us or asked of us into our episodes, even if we don't necessarily always call it out directly on the show. Uh, beyond that, if you want to support us, uh, we could not have done this show for three years without the support of you all. Um, if you want to do it monetarily, you can do so by going to Patreon. Uh, that's P-U-H-T-R-A-Y-I-N dot com. Otherwise, you can make the same, if, if you want to make the same mistakes that we do. 
Otherwise, you can go to patreon.com and just go ahead and uh, search for the Argonauts podcast and you'll find us. Um, but if you don't want to support us financially, which frankly, you don't have to, um, the best way to support the show is to tell people about it. Uh, this is a medium that thrives on referrals. So tell people you like the show. Tell people, hey, do you want to hear Andrew and Marn, two people that you don't know, talk about wedding prep for 30 minutes before mentioning ARGs? <laughs> Here's a podcast for you. Um it really helps us when you get the word out. And uh, frankly, it doesn't matter how many times we say, hey, we have a cool podcast you should check out. It means infinitely more if someone else says, hey, they have a cool podcast you can check out. It's a weird way the internet works. It's a weird way human brains work. But that's how it is. Um, so that's the easiest way you can support the show. So if you want to do that, please do. It would mean the world to us. Uh, thank you as we start year four and don't turn four. And uh, <laughs> until next time, that's ARGS, baby. Mm -hmm.